Hey, dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and thank you that love did find a way to re- reach us where we are. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you that the work of salvation has been finished and that all we need to do is believe on you and you will give us strength to live for you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask now that you'd bless our time together and encourage us in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Bibles. And let's go to the book of 1 John as we're continuing our, our study of the book of 1 John. And we're going to pick up in chapter 4 and verse 1. If you remember, we're running on kind of a theme here that uh, as John is dealing with truth and and in the life of the Christian. Chapter 1, he teaches us and explains to us that we must deal with sin, but in God, there is no darkness at all. I, 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 I get so frustrated when I hear people talking like, well, you know, you got to be careful. You can get too much of that Bible stuff. Uh, no, you can't. You cannot get too much of what is in the Word of God. But the world is full of Antichrist, false Christ. That's chapter 2. Chapter 3, false believers. And those verses that give so many people trouble with losing their salvation, if we'll just understand that what is being spoken about there are, if you are of God, you're going to live a certain way. If you're not... You can't. How, how many people try? Uh, I remember one dear lady, hours and hours we would just talk and go back and forth about the Bible. And she'd say, Preacher, you, it's just such a narrow way. And I'd always say, Amen. Uh, that's what Jesus said. And I, I'd call her name and I'd say, Pat, you've got to. Uh, you've got to understand that the only way you can get on the narrow way is for Jesus to put you there. The only way you can stay on the narrow way is for Jesus to keep you there. And she would just back and forth in circles. And we get to John chapter 4 and we're going to talk about false spirits. You know, the world is full of false spirits. And and I'm not trying to make light of this in any way, but every so often, you know, living in New York City, you're just going to find people that have some issues and and they're going to come and... Could I talk to you, Pastor? Yes, yes, let's make a time. And, uh, And they'll say, I hear voices. Now, I'm not, making, I'm not trying to be sarcastic in any way. I'm telling you that those voices are real. You can tune yourself into the wrong channels. There are many, many things out there that you can listen to and get uh, uh, in tune with. And the Bible calls these things false Spirits, And so we come to chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Beloved, okay, he is addressing the saved people here. Believe not every spirit, 
But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. That is a key phrase. We'll get back to it in a minute. Hereby know ye that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children. Ye have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore... Speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now, we have three tests here. He said, believe not every spirit. How many times have you heard something that just sounds good? I remember a group of preachers, some of them were here in New York State, other parts of the country, and uh, they had met uh, a rather well-to-do person who had explained to them that uh, this person wanted to uh, uh, develop a foundation, this was many years ago, that was going to be a benefit to churches. And I remember uh, several of these pastors walking around and saying, oh, you just, just can't wait until this thing gets started. And, and uh, make a long story short, she put, the woman that was in charge of this thing put like... Um, several million dollars in a bank account and encourage these pastors to raise literally hundreds of thousands of dollars and put it in the bank account. And then she emptied the bank account and disappeared and just stole all that money. You know what? It sounded so good, but it didn't work out. You know, that's not the Spirit of God now, is it? There are so many false spirits out there. I remember one time reading a book, and it just talked about how all the, pointed out all the falsehoods and with this group and with that group and, and, and how that we need to be by the Bible. And I got to the last chapter and it said, God's plan for your economy, how you can love God and be rich at the same time. Threw away the book. You see, we're going to get into the test of the spirits. There are three tests in here. Uh, we are supposed to try them. We're not supposed to believe everything we hear. I, I sometimes get a little nervous. Somebody will come in and, Oh, this is what I've been looking for. And my first thought is, wonder how long they're going to be around. And then somebody else will come and they'll ask a bunch of questions. 
Pastor, I don't want to bother you, but I just need to know. Hey, listen, you're not bothering me. I don't care how many classes I got to take. Uh, I want to answer your questions. I want you to be convinced that what goes on here is from the Bible. The people who are members here, we want you to be members for a reason. Amen. We want you to be members because what goes on here is connected to this book. We have to pull a brother Sam here. Let's try that again. No, you, you understand that we spend a lot of time there. There are the test here. The test number one is the confession that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Test number two is. Let me find it in my notes here. John's kind of. Some would almost say arrogant about this. He says, if they're not listening to me and what I've written in this book, they are not of God. That's the word test. The last test we won't have time to get into. We'll just touch on it here. We get down to verse 7. It's the love test. No, it's not. The love test is not how good you feel about it. That's why we can't start on that tonight. It would take the whole, it's probably going to take at least two weeks just to go through what the love test really is and what it really isn't. Uh, it's, but let's get back to these first two here. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And so, He's giving us the warning here. It says, just because you hear it, don't believe it. It's okay to be a little skeptical. In fact, the Bible says you need to be even a little more than skeptical. You need to try the spirits. Now, that word try there means to test them. We might even say put them on trial. We want to make sure that the Spirit out there is truly of God. Why? Because the spiritual realm is unseen. Boy, I bet you didn't know that before you came to church tonight, right? Uh, It's hard to test what you can't see. It's easy to be deceived by things you can't see. I think I've used this before. I hope you don't mind me telling it. How many of you remember the, the uh, story where they got a, a, a small group, about eight or ten people, into a laboratory, and they took a chair, and they wired it for electricity? Somebody remember this story? And uh, it was a good shock. And they put everybody in the chair... And the head scientist would press the button. I mean, it was woo. And everybody knew that it actually hurt. It was painful. It wasn't dangerous. But, I mean, it, it did a, a job to you. And then they would say, okay, uh, you're the victim. They picked one person out of the group. And they put them in the chair. And the person who was running the test said, press the button. And everybody looked at him and said, you got to be crazy. That hurts. I'm not going to press the button. 
he slips out and in comes a guy in a lab coat. And the guy walks up to the first person and he says, I want you to press that button. Almost everyone in the group listened to the guy with the lab coat. Knowing that it was going to inflict pain. You know, there's just something about us as people that we listen to the voice of authority. It's, it's part of our nature. And John is saying, now wait a minute. I want you to check things out. Just because somebody says something doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. I mean, how many of you really like hearing the fact that your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? Who could know it? How many of you really like, enjoy hearing the standard that is set before the Word of God and then we take time to compare ourselves to it and we come up short every time? That's very encouraging, isn't it? Well, it's Bible. You know why it's that way? Is because if you take your eyes off Jesus for even the least second, you're going to become prey to the seducing spirits that are in the world. God puts us in a position where we struggle and where we understand our failures. Uh, we don't have time to make all the connections, but would you say it with me once again? Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you want true joy and blessings in your life, understand. But Joel Osteen has 20,000 people show up every Sunday morning. And he makes them all feel so good. And they just enjoy themselves. And never will you hear a word about sin or shortcomings or failure. Why is that there? Well, the Bible says try the spirits. Test them. Now, here's test number one. And this is probably the most misunderstood well, I shouldn't say it. All these tests, we, we just don't get. But let's... Oh, wait a minute. I don't want to get there yet. Okay, because there are many false prophets. We need to know that there are many out there. The majority of people who stand around holding a Bible saying, I'm teaching you the truth, are not teaching you the truth. Now... We have a little saying in New York, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. That's, that's New York. God says, you don't need to be fooled once. You don't need to be tricked. If you are saved, you need to get out your tester. You need to check this thing out. And here is the first test. Oh, I keep doing this. Where did the false prophets come from? Where did those many prophets that are in the world, where did they come from? Look what it says. 
it says, are gone out into the world. Now, let me ask you a question. If you are unsaved, where are you? Are you in the world? Hello? Okay. So, if you're not in the world, where would you be? Maybe in church? Maybe in the right kind of church? Because the Bible doesn't recognize the wrong kind of church. Chapter 2, verse 19. They went out from us because they were not of us. They went out from us that they might be made manifest, that they were not of us. Let, let me tell you, the best liars out there, the most deceivable or seducing of the spirits. I remember reading an article one time and said, I was born the son of a Baptist preacher and I was saved when I was da-da-da-da-da and now I have the truth and I am a Catholic priest in the Roman Catholic Church. I have converted. Boy, I'll tell you what, you read that book. You, I, I read the article that he wrote and it was like, whoa, wait a minute, let me, let me hold on to something here. This, this guy is convinced of something that is so easily proven a total lie by the Bible. How in the world did he get there? He didn't try the spirits. Just because you start in the right place doesn't mean you're going to end in the right place. And these people will talk so very convincingly. How many of you have ever seen a Catholic track? Do you know the Catholics in New York City have gospel tracks? They have a little character. They, somebody there got a chick track and, and imitated the chick track. And the character in the Catholic track is a guy named Joe Hardhat. I wonder who that's aimed at. Your average worker in the city, union, heart of the Catholic Church. And Joe Hardhat says, I even read one of these, I found one on the street one time, I said, boy, that's a weird looking track. And then I realized it was from the Catholic Church. And, and Joe said, was telling one of his friends, he he said, yeah, my, my friends keep bothering me about this born-again thing and receiving Christ as my Savior. And Joe Hardhat looks and says, listen, it's very simple. You receive Christ as your Savior every time you take the Mass. That's crazy, isn't it? Is that what the Bible teaches? You see... The Bible says the world is full of false prophets. And it's your job not to be deceived. You've got to go here. And so now we finally get to test one. It says, hereby know we the Spirit of God. Okay, so here's how you know it's the Spirit of God. 
Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard. And it goes on. And so this is the test. Confessing that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Now, those of you that used to be members of the Catholic Church and believe those things before you came here, did you ever have the priest, hear the priest get up and say, Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh? Did anybody ever hear a Catholic priest say that? I don't think you will. So, what does this passage mean? Well, wait a minute. Let's stop and look at it. It says the confession is that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Now, that's the, that is the confession of the Spirit of God. Just because someone says those words, do they mean those words? Obviously not. That's why we're being warned here. But let's, let's try to look at this. And we may only get through test number one tonight. I try to be careful, but the number one point here is the Jesus Christ of the Bible has come. He was physically born in Bethlehem's major of the Virgin Mary. No, she's not the mother of God. You see, Jesus is God. He came in the flesh and to deify Mary and make Mary some kind of helper of Jesus is denying that Jesus is the Christ. Because as the Christ of God, as the God of gods, He doesn't need anybody to help Him. You see what it's saying there? You see, the devil is a little smarter than just to come out and say, oh, Jesus really wasn't born. Well, people say that. People say all kinds of dumb things. Like your taxes are going to go down. And Obamacare is really going to help you. I mean, people say all kinds of things. And we could talk about people claiming to be conservatives that have never been... Well, we're sorry. We're chasing rabbits here. Can we have a little fun on Thursday nights? But the fact that Jesus Christ... Jesus of the Bible, Jesus of Nazareth, is the Christ. He was born. He fulfilled every prophecy that God had given him to fulfill. And that's one of the reasons why the words are up here. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is Finished In the Hebrew, it's one word that he shouted. You see, if you are really dying 
you are weak and you are exhausted and you are worn out, do you give a loud, strong clarion call? No. People have to bend down to listen to your last whisper as the death rattle stops and you pass from this. Jesus didn't do that. He cried out in victory. It is finished. Do you remember what he said before that? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The only time Jesus ever referred to the Father or addressed the Father by anything other than that title was in the darkness as he hung on the cross. He cried out in victory, it is finished. Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit. Then he gave up the ghost. Willingly, at his time, at his choosing, and in total submission to the will of the Father. That's what it means. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That he died on the cross, physically died, and that he rose again. And I remember one person, uh, I think they were of Islamic faith, how can God die? So they can't. Ah, then you don't believe Jesus is God. No, I believe Jesus is God. Well, then how can God die? I said, he's both. He goes, no, no, wrong answer. How, how can... And I said, listen, you're in your little circle there. You can stay there if you want. But the Jesus of the Bible is both God and man at the same time. And he died. But because he's God, he couldn't stay that way. Amen. And you see, it says if you deny this, you're not of God. If you do not believe in the work of Jesus Christ, can you be saved? You know, Alexander Campbell, they they want to blame him on the Baptist. But actually, he was not defrocked by the Baptist. Because we don't defrock people. He was defrocked by the Presbyterian. That meant they took away his ordination. And he wandered into a Baptist church looking for something that was a little closer to what he believed than the Presbyterian were. And he stayed there a little while until he got sick of the Bible. And then he went out and started his own religion. You see, he wanted to add water baptism to salvation. You see, when Jesus came in the flesh, it's all about that cry from Jesus on the cross. It is finished. If you're still trying to do something to earn your salvation or to keep your salvation, who are you really worshiping? Yourself. You see, this is how we know the difference between the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of Jesus Christ. The spirit of Jesus Christ tells us to worship Jesus Christ. The spirit of Antichrist goes and. 
and baptism. And living a clean life, depending on what religion you're in. Oh, this is the one that I just never get over laughing at. And it, I wouldn't. I don't want to laugh because it's not funny. Well, God understands. Just do the best you can. When was the last time your boss told you that at work? Has anybody got a boss like that? I know Andrew doesn't. (laughs) I don't want the best that he can do. I want the best that God can do in his life. How about that? We don't want to send Brother Franz out to do the best he can do. That wouldn't get very far. We want him to do the best that God can do. And your earthly employer, he doesn't care about God most of the time. But he doesn't care about your failures either. I mean, we're studying this stuff in the asbestos class supervisor, and the guy says, when the EPA comes to put somebody in jail, they're not going to put the workers in jail. So you're the supervisor. You're in charge. Guess where you're going? Bye-bye. Because you didn't follow code. You don't have any excuse for not knowing, even though the code's only 68 pages long in small print. You'd better read it. You'd better know it. And if the world has that standard, why is we as Christians satisfied with do the best you can? That's not the spirit of Christ. That's the spirit of Antichrist. That's why Jesus died on the cross. So you wouldn't have to do the best you can. We can do better than that. We can do the best that Jesus could. Can we say amen to that? It's His righteousness that clothes my inadequacy and my sin and gets me welcomed into the company of the beloved. Amen? You see, people think that there's something that has to be done at church, some mystical, spiritual, that's a good word, isn't it? That happens to you when you go to church. That's why, you know, I just, I just feel things when I walk in the door. Yeah, that's because the sub-bass uh, woofer in the sound system is vibrating the floor joist. Uh, that's why you feel something when you walk through the door. Uh, just so exciting there. Well, if it's so exciting there, why aren't you there on Monday? You know, the saddest place in the world is one of those rock and roll for Jesus churches. It's the happiest place in the world on Sunday and the saddest place in the world on Monday. You know why? Because it's all about feelings. People worship organizations. I've had people tell me, I was born a fill-in-the-blank and I'm going to die. And I want to add and go to hell as fill-in-the-blank. I've even heard some Baptist people that I have full confidence that they're going to end up on the wrong side of eternity. Because people who believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh aren't worshiping their church or some organization. 
You see, this is the spirit of Antichrist. You know what Antichrist is going to do? Read Revelation. He's going to get people to worship him. The spirit of Antichrist is something that takes your attention off of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This is how we know what is true and what isn't. I mean, let's move on to the next thing that people add is some great leader. I don't know why, but Sun Young Moon is his testimony is the most irritating of any of the false prophets. Uh, he says that only after Jesus appeared the third time, wonder why he picked the number three, and begged him to straighten out the mistakes that he had made while he was here on earth, only after the third time did he surrender to straighten out the world and religion. You know, he's on the wrong side of eternity already. But the man couldn't even do his taxes right. Why would God call him to straighten out the church? You talk about a total nutcase. But people worshipped him. How many thousands of people gathered here in New York City to be married to everybody by Sun Young Moon? They followed him. They worshipped him. They did anything they could. Listen, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That is how we say that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh because we're looking to this man or this group of men or this organization to straighten everything out. The last one is the craziest one of all. You see, they're the people that won't accept anything until they understand it. You ever met anybody like that? My favorite example of this is how many of you have seen the little baby realize his her, her hand for the first time? They look, hey, it moves. Ah, I just love that. I love to be there and watch them actually watch that little hand move. And that's the way... Then I, that's the best picture I know of people who worship their own mind and their own sensory perception. Is they have no idea. They're like the little puppy dog that chases his tail. Only to catch it and find out it's attached. We had some puppies that actually did that. And all of a sudden you hear, I, 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 he caught his tail. And these people worship all of these things, but the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, brings us to Jesus Christ. And by the way, to the local church. I don't know how many people I've met over the years that, well, you know, I heard a preacher actually say this, Baptist preacher. He said, I've, I've served all these years and I've built 
this church and I built that church and I came in. It just seems that God gave me a ministry of straightening out troubled churches. He said, but I'm, I'm seeking for something a little more. Ended up working for the Billy Graham crusade. That's the spirit of Antichrist, my friend. You don't need anything bigger than the church that Jesus died for. You see, but, but there's, there's more than, than one church, yeah. You know, Jesus can be to every church everything he needs to be. He treats every church as if it were the only one in existence. But see, you can't do that. You're a human being. You've got to pick one. And John's going to address that in the second test as we get down there. But we're not going to have time to do justice to that. But let's, let's just get the answer here, verse 4 and 5. He says, Ye are of God... Little children. Let me just read a few verses. Matthew 18.3 says, Jesus speaking, and, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 and 14, Then were brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them, but Jesus said, Suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Aren't you glad that Jesus loves the little children? Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't say, I will only accept those people that have the intellectual capacity to understand all of these theological terms that we could just drag out of the air and throw out. Now, here's what you need to understand. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem's manger because He loved me and He loved you. He was tempted in all points as we are and yet without sin to show us that only God can live without sin. He said it was finished on the cross to tell us that only Jesus could pay the price. And he rose again from the dead to prove that only Jesus can give us salvation. That's the spirit of Christ. And we are here tonight, I hope and pray, to worship Jesus Christ. Have you ever had somebody take credit for something you did? Doesn't that bother you? You know, pride is the greatest sin in the Bible. It's the easiest one we fall into. And it's the spirit that will get us looking at ourselves. Or at some church we want to belong to or organization. Or to some other man. Isn't it weird how different pride can be? I can be proud and yet humble myself in the presence of some man. Debase myself. I remember we had a fellow showed up here 
Come to find out after quite a long period of time that he had had a nervous breakdown serving in Sung Young Moon's Unification Church over here in Manhattan. And uh, he had went to some psychiatrist and, and he had told him, find a little congregation and rebuild yourself and then you can go back and do your life's work of serving Mr. Moon. Well, that didn't go very far here now, did it? He's the guy whose story I've told that said, I'm, I'm leaving this church and I'm never coming back. He says, you put too much emphasis on the Bible. I said, listen, if that's really what you believe, then you're just not going to like it here. But you see, the rest of us, we're, we're content to be that little child. Are you, are you content to need some direction every day? And in... Everything. Is it okay with you that you don't know everything you think you know? Amen? Is it okay that you don't understand everything that everybody else claims to understand? By the way, they're lying too, but we'll <laughs> they don't understand what they think they understand. What, what we need to do is believe that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. It is finished. It's all done. You know what? There's not a lot for me to decide. There's not a lot of decisions for me to make. There, there's not a lot of, oh man, I've just got some big questions. Somebody said, why, why, why did you do this with that old church building? Because it was one of his churches at one time. And we want to get it back. Amen? You don't, you don't have to think real hard about these things. Sure. Crazy is not even the introduction to what we're doing over there. Trying to accomplish. But that's okay. We'll, we'll let God take care of that. We'll just be that little child and we'll just take each step at a time. And there's going to be a lot of them. I'm learning that in class. i got one more day. Pray for me, all right? But I'm so glad that the answers aren't in the classroom. They're in the Bible already. I have no idea how the Lord's going to get us out of this mess. But I'm glad that he already knows the answer. And I don't need to right now. Because part of it might include me getting up on that roof. And that is just one place I really don't want to go. But if the Lord says yes, that's where we go. Uh, why? Because little children listen, if they're good children, when they're given direction, don't they? You see, all these tests are related. You don't have to teach a child to love. They, they do it automatically. You know, you can tell a lot about a person how little children react around them. You can tell an awful lot. You know, a little baby, 
They can feel and sense the tension. Sometimes mama is tired out of her mind. She can't. She's just totally worn out. And baby is teething. And she, I can't stand it. Pick up the baby and... Why? Because that baby knows everything that's going on inside of you. Wouldn't it be neat to connect, be connected to the Lord Jesus that way? But there's never anything negative from Him. Amen? He, he never gets tired of us. You see, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And ye are of God if you believe in this book and you've already overcome the seducing spirits. Don't go on a crusade to fight the seducing spirits of this world. All you're going to end up doing is taking your eyes off Jesus, putting them somewhere else, and it won't be long before you're in just as much trouble or become just as much of a false prophet as many of those that are out there already. I've seen people go to seed on every doctrine that is out there in, in the Bible. I've seen preachers go to seed on salvation that the only person that's ever saved is the ones they lead to the Lord. There's something wrong with that. There really is. Praise God, I've only met one or two of those. I met a guy one time. He said, I don't care what they do and what they believe. As long as they believe the King James Bible is the Word of God, they're my friend. By the way, I hope that guy's still in jail. He did some really horrible things. You see... You can go to seed on anything except Jesus. Amen? That's why the test is Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. You don't need anything more than what you already got right here. I've been reading that Bible reading schedule, Pastor, every time you've given it out for the last, I think we've been giving them out for 12 or 14 years. If, if we've been giving them out for 12 years, that'll mean you've read through your New Testament uh, 24 times. Is that enough? Is there anybody here that believes that 24 times through the New Testament is enough for your whole life? No. Not even close. You just keep doing it. Because Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Amen. When you take your eyes off anything else, you're going to find yourself worshiping yourself, some church organization, some other man, and God forbid, even your own mind and your own thought processes. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And we'll touch on that more not next week, but Lord willing, the week following there. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to think and to ponder and to, to um, as the Bible commands us, to meditate on these things that Jesus Christ truly is come in the flesh. And Lord, that we would not think 
that we would not allow our attention to be drawn to anything else than the risen Savior. Lord, help us as we face so many distractions in this world, so many wrongs that could be righted, so many battles that ought to be fought. Help us to be the little children that just keep looking to Jesus. In your name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just keep our heads bowed. God has spoken to your heart. The altar's open.